Primo production, she put on for a shot. In this big city, I want them to mention me. <laughs> Talk your shit, Bree. We are back. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Bring More Productions podcast. Right now, we are live in LA, and I have a special guest with me. Her name is Nola, and this is the first time we ever met in person. I know. We, we've been knowing each other for like, what? A couple years now. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It's been a yep. very long time, it feels like. Uh, we have even uh, co-wrote a, a blog post yep. together, mm-hmm. and actually two. Oh, that's right, because you wrote that piece when I was in Italy mm-hmm. and almost got kidnapped. So, yeah, there was that. Mm-hmm. So, how are you feeling about traveling now after that experience? Um, you know, I uh, it's interesting. I It's always on my mind. But at the same time, um, I can't stop traveling. You know, I can't stop living my life because that almost happened. And then now I think, I think about it from the perspective of the word almost and um, that I was able to get away because I really do believe that women, we should have um, even basic skill sets, you know, to protect ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, when I get a little scared, because I won't lie, like sometimes I'll hear like a car backfire or just something that'll trigger that and I'll get a little nervous and then I'll remind myself, like, okay, girl, you got this, you know, you're here, you know, you're not taken and and you're here living and breathing. So I try to stay in in, in that space, but I won't lie, like it, it's it's some some triggers sometimes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we, um, you guys, I would like for Nola to introduce herself so you guys can catch up on why she's so extraordinary. <laughs> oh, so wow. Awesome. Um, Black excellence, for real. Black excellence, Black excellence. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> um, hi, everyone. So my name is Nola Haynes, and I am the executive producer of Nola Haynes TV and also the host of Nola Haynes TV. And I always joke and say for my day job, um, I don't think my colleagues like when I say that, but my day job, um, <laughs> um, I am a, a PhD student in political science and international relations, and I study national security and identity. And people will ask, what on earth does that have to do with NHTV, no language. (laughs) Like, how do the two connect? Like, how does that even make sense? And um, the best way that I can explain it is that because I am an academic or a scholar does not mean that it negates the creative also. So by me being able to perform both functions, I'm actually functioning wholly, you know, like that's my complete self. Is it like a balance? It is a balance, but it's not the type of balance that is... um, a challenge at this point. It's more of a balance in that um, I need both parts of myself. Yeah. So it's 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 a very positive thing. Yeah. That's good. That's mm-hmm. how I felt when I was interning and working at um, in ho- a hotel. Mm-hmm. And even though it's like it seemed like it's a lot of work for the people that's looking outside in mm-hmm. but for me it was needed it was like a balance like I know I'm not gonna be at this job forever right but I have something that keeps me motivated mm-hmm. which is my internship mm-hmm. so yeah I think that's needed um today we're gonna talk about the the strong black woman mentality mm-hmm. in our community mm-hmm. 
And I, I feel like at this point, at times we don't benefit from it. Okay. Because I feel like when others think of the, oh, she's a strong black woman, mm-hmm. they think that we can handle things on our own at all mm-hmm. times. Even when we are dealing with trauma right. and tragedy mm-hmm. and heartbreak, it's like, well, you're strong. You mm-hmm. got this. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a lot of women need to know that it's okay to not be independent mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let's yeah. talk about that. Girl, trust <laughs> and believe, honey. Let's talk about the mm, independency in our community. Okay. Why do we feel like we have to be independent as a as a woman? Mm-hmm. Well, you know that that goes all the way back to chattel slavery, especially with our origin um, stories here in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, when you have patterns of jagged uh, families, and what I mean by that is, say, you know, you're brought for one plantation, but then your family is separated from you, right? And so they have to go somewhere else. So you have your you have your child that may or may not stay with you, taken away from you. The father may or may not be there, right? So that's something that stems early on from the actual system and structure of slavery. And then we move forward. And then you have displaced families after slavery, right? During Reconstruction, trying to find each other, reconnect. Um, that might have been difficult. Some people didn't know their last names or when they wound up. And then moving forward, when you come in with policies, let's say like a lot of um, social welfare programs, like in the 70s and 80s, where men could not be in the household. Right. Like you literally could not take care of your kid if the man was in the household, right? So it's right. always been this systemic idea of, um, fracturing the black family, fracturing the black family, right? Mm-hmm. And then the woman, the onus has always fell on, felt, you know, fell on the black woman, right? right? Since we got to this, since we came to this country, you know, by force, day one, we have been put upon, right? Mm-hmm. And I think because of those long legacies and histories, we continue to function that way, you know, like, oh, you the rock queen, you hold us down, you the foundation. Guess what? Rocks don't need nurturing. So if you're thinking of a woman as a rock and you're not thinking about her being soft or the flower who needs protection, who needs the water and the nurturing. No, we're the rocks. We're the foundation. So you walk on us. You stand on us. We don't need nurturing. Wow. You know what I'm saying? That's a great way to put it. You don't even see us as the ones who need to be nurtured and taken care of when we take care of the whole damn world. You know, so um, the independence I love the aspect of being an independent woman. Mm-hmm. What I don't love is what it looks like for black women because of the role that we've always had in this country historically and in other countries too, you know, but that's the starting point. That's the starting point of all of it. So what do we do? What is the solution to this? I think the solution is, I think we have already started to like speak on it. Mm-hmm. Especially like on social media, because I always get into these debates with um, men, you know, when it comes to independence. Like, oh, y'all got it. My mama had five kids and three jobs and she did it by herself. And it's like, but you don't understand those silent tears that you Mm. didn't see. Mm. You don't understand the prayers that you didn't hear your mom speaking Mm -hmm. while you were sleeping Mm -hmm. nicely tucked away in your bed. You didn't hear that. And I think as black women, 
yeah, we can do the shit, but at the same time, we have to say, listen, mm-hmm. I need a break. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. It's okay to say, time out. Mm-hmm. And I think we are so used to doing it, yep. we don't give ourselves that that time. I, I have met yeah. black women that have never had a massage. I, I totally believe it, you know, because it's this idea, again, you know, you are the workhorse. You are the foundation, right? So your job is to produce children and your job is to work. Your job isn't to be soft. Your job isn't to need someone to help you out, right? Um, because, you you know, you got this, sis. You got this, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, nah, I don't. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, having three jobs and five children probably means you're not a completely whole person. And so what are you able to then give your five kids after working three jobs? What does that look like? Right. So how do we start breaking these generational traumas and curses, Um, having these conversations, um, celebrating black girl magic, celebrating each other wherever we can. You know what I'm saying? Because society won't do it. So we have to do it for ourselves. Right. right? And I think that there's something very powerful with with um, us celebrating each other. Right. Because we're checking in on each other. Like, I'm curious, did you get that massage today? Mm -hmm. You know, do you have time to like get that 15, 20 minute facial? You know, what time do you have for yourself to put aside? And I'm going to check in on my homegirl and make sure she put that 15, 20 minutes to the side for herself. Right. So it's these communities, I think, that you see women really, really um, building together. You know, our villages, our tribes, however you want to put it. I think that 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 is key to making sure that we're nurtured, right? In terms of where partners and stuff come in that equation, I'm not sure. Because I think at this point in my life, I realize if you're not whole entering a situation, if you're not okay entering a situation, your partner can't do it for you. You know what I'm saying? So exactly. So it has nothing to do with your partner. It's all about where do we start with ourselves and what do we want for ourselves, Yes. right? So it's having that check in and that conversation with ourselves and not letting people put shit on us. Yeah. You know, like we're making up our own minds and making our own decisions about what we want our families to look like when we want to have our families. Right. What we want to do with our careers and kind of quieting down all the background noise. And you know what? You just said something very valuable. I think a lot of us need to learn how to be single. Yeah, absolutely. And actually love that space. Mm-hmm. Actually get to know ourselves and know our boundaries mm-hmm. and handle our trauma. Mm-hmm. Because some of us are like, you know, in relationships and then we get out that relationship and go to another uh-huh. relationship for all the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. And you haven't even like faced the trauma that triggered the bullshit mm-hmm. in a previous relationship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know, again, that also comes with, Another popular trope in our community, you know, keep it moving, you know, ah. you know, and I, I'm I'm, here to tell you, look, I'm an MJB fan and she has a song called Keep It Moving. And whenever I was going through something, that was like my mantra, keep it moving, girl, keep it moving, keep it moving. But I keep moving so fast. And then in that one moment when I'm not moving, then it all just hits you all at once because you never dealt with it. Right. Because you keeping it moving. Yeah. Keeping it moving, girl. Sit your ass still for, for five right. minutes. <laughs> Let it process yes, yes. <laughs> that heavy thing that just happened in and your life. Yes, for Scream. real. Mm-hmm. Break some shit. Let it out. You know yep. what? That kind of reminds me of that Erica Bosco. 
Like do song a bag lady. Of course, absolutely. Like carrying all those bags, mm-hmm. eventually, girl, you're gonna be tied down. You're gonna get tied down. And then it, it for me, what I always think about is Audrey Lord's um idea of rage, you know, and I mean the the, the exotic the erotic and how the erotic encompasses kind of like black female rage. Mm-hmm. And I always think about that word rage a lot because Baldwin talked about it, Audrey Lord talked about it. And that word is powerful because I think black folks, for the most part, we do walk around in rage and we don't know what the hell to do with it. We don't know where to place our rage. You know, we don't know what to do with it. So do you fall? Do you fall in a category? I'm in a category of keep it moving, keep it moving. Or do you fall in a category of you don't move at all? Right. And you stay stuck and you stay stagnant and then you become a victim in some sort of way. You know what I'm saying? So where, how do we begin to um, do those hard, hard looks at those traumas? Because I don't think keeping it moving is the way to do it. And I don't think stagnant is the way to do it. You know, that has to definitely be some, some balance within that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I spoke to a group of students just yesterday at UCLA. And one of them, we, we had a conversation about authenticity and I was uh, sharing with them how authenticity is such an interesting journey because what that really means is you're gonna have to spend a lot of time with yourself. Yeah. And then what that also means is that you're probably not gonna be the same person on the other side of it. And what I mean by that is you may not need the attention from everyone that you may have needed before once you start spending time with yourself and start processing your own shit, right? You may not need all the homies you thought you needed before. That's true. Once you start realizing your authentic self and what you want, yeah. you know, and who you are. And I realize that there's a certain level of privilege in being able to take that time with yourself because it is. It's a certain level of privilege for you to just to be able to stay still, ask yourself some hard questions and process it. Some of us don't have the luxury of doing that. Like you said earlier, what about the the mother with three jobs and five kids? You know, where can she sit down and take time and be with herself? Right. You know. um, Especially if she don't have any help. That part. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I, again, I think that's when the tribe in the community makes the most sense. Um, Because we can't do it on our own. We cannot. We cannot. And I don't know where we learn that from. I think, you know, I hear, because I have a a four-year-old baby, Mm -hmm. just, I believe in village. I believe Mm -hmm. that my son can not only learn from me, but also from the people around me. Absolutely. As well. So I make sure that everybody is uniquely themselves and solid. Mm -hmm. So I know if it takes a village to raise a child, Mm -hmm. it has to take a a village to maintain adulthood. Oh, my goodness. It has to. Mm Mm-hmm. Because if you're just doing everything on your own and you really don't have nobody to vent to or, you know, spend time with because companionship is everything. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, you just like, sometimes you need you to be do? touched. Yes, exactly. Not by your child. You love your baby, yeah, but you yeah. just need a grown ass touch, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that could be so soothing in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, you know, black women... We got to take care of ourselves. We do. We do need to take care of ourselves and not in the sense to where we're just constantly workhorses, you know, and I'm look, I love hard work. 
I love waking up early in the morning, going to the gym, starting my day off and doing the 5,000 other things that I need to do. That's fulfilling to me. Mm -hmm. It's not the only thing that's fulfilling to me. Right. You know, hiking with my dog is fulfilling to me. Watching Avengers Endgame five times since I rented it three (laughs) days ago is fulfilling to me. Because I just need that time for myself. And I also need to just really understand Thanos. Like Thanos is a deep ass character, but anyway, I won't get into that. You know what? I love oh. him though. Oh my God, Thanos is, is so profound. Mm hmm. It is so weird. I think I think they need to also side note. Right. I think they also <laughs> need to. They need to focus on the stories of the villains. Like, why are they the way that they are? Right. Mm hmm. Because yeah. somebody, um, somebody brought scars. You know, Lion King. Mm hmm. They brought his story to my attention. I was like, but isn't he a victim, though? Mm-hmm. Like, if you think about mm-hmm. it, maybe as a child, Mufasa got all the attention. Mm-hmm. And now he's like, okay, I'm tired of this. Mm-hmm. You know, the parents aren't here no more. I want some type of power. You can't give everything to Mufasa. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? They need to really focus on, you know, the villains. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Killmonger is a great example of that. I mean, that yeah, is yeah, such yeah. a deep and profound story. Yes. You know, like, you, you, you want to not like dude, but at the same time, you like, but y'all had all this tech and y'all just kind of let us go through this for 400 years. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a profound ass question, you know? But also what's very interesting, kind of going to bring it back and tie it into what we were talking about. Um, what I find interesting is how male centered all of these things are around being superheroes. Mm. Um, and when I think about how black women are often thought about as like this superhero, right? You never see that narrative because it may not look superheroic to you, right? Being a single mother may not look heroic to you, but keeping her kids safe, going to good schools, making sure they get up every day and they come back every day. Superhero. You know what I'm saying? That's heroic. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, it was just interesting because I was looking at that case in point. Um, when Natasha died, how they were upset that Natasha died, all these men sitting around her being dead, but all the men lived. And then when Iron Man died, the whole movie was about Iron Man, which yes, is understandable. Mm-hmm. They they sent him out great. But when Natasha died, it was kind of like, oh, okay, well, she's not here, so let's keep it moving. Movie. You know, yeah, like, yeah. I'm, it's, it's just a trip. They had like a three seconds. Yeah. Morning. Yeah. And then it was back to action. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's just interesting about what, who even, who even gets to become a superhero, Mm. you know, Um, where I think in our community, we have superheroes left and right, but what does it mean to be a superhero? Right. Okay. Well, we're going to take a small little break and we'll be right back. My name is Parditra, a.k.a. CPR with Ditra in the community. If it's been over two years since you've had a CPR training course, you may want to consider taking another one because if you don't use it, you'll lose it. Contact me at 214-267-9819 or you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at CPR with Ditra. Saving lives. Touching Souls, CPR with Deetra. <laughs> okay, 
you guys. We are back and we are here with Nola mm-hmm. in live in LA. Girl, you trying to pour some tea. Yeah. <laughs> so now I want to talk about what our men can do to balance this whole situation out. To really step mm-hmm. in and help us and um, make some type of change. Mm-hmm. You know? Because I feel like now, like reading a lot of feedback from social media, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of black men, um, they feel attacked right now. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, the feminist movement, the Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do they say? They don't want to be called hoteps. And, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's something else. Um, a lot of them bring up like the gay agenda. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. I'm not touching that with a 10-foot pole. I don't want to talk about that at all. Um, I just want to focus on black women today. Yeah. So, what what do you think is a solution that the black man can give the black woman, especially the strong black women? I feel like we all are strong, but the alpha females. <laughs> uh, don't see us as your competition. Preach! We're not competition. We are here to make each other better, to make each other stronger. But that has to be a mentality that is taught and accepted and not one that seems to challenge masculinity somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to be the man. I don't want to be. Now, can I make my own decisions? Can I make my own money? Am I independent? Yes, yes, and yes. But that is very different (laughs) from trying to do what... um, men can do in a relationship. And when I say that, I'm not talking about traditional gender normalization. I'm not trying to do that. But what I am saying is there are just certain things as a um, as a woman that I would like for my guy to do and vice versa. You know, and that could look many different ways. It has to be a partnership. It's not this idea of I'm trying to upstage you or you trying to upstage me or your insecurities are getting in the way and my insecurities are getting in the way. No. And I think that um, there, there's a there's a quote. I'm, I'm going to get it a little wrong. I'm going to paraphrase it from uh, Lil Gibran, which is one, one of my one of my favorite philosophers. And he has this idea that successful relationships, you need space and distance. Yes, I believe in that. And I think that's important, but that that requires a certain level of maturity and checking in with yourself. You know what I'm saying? I think, first of all, we all need to grow the hell up mm-hmm. before we want to start being with each other. I think that's a big part of it. Like, who are we before we even enter these relationships? Exactly. Are you whole? Are you healed? Like, are you bringing all your other shit from other shit? Yeah. And why? I don't like the, the whole sense of belonging. To a standpoint, because I honestly don't feel like anyone belongs to me. Oh, no, 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 not at all. And yeah, I yeah. see that a lot in our culture. Well, I see that period, like on social media, it's like, you know, if he don't answer his phone in three minutes, it's you about to blow up. Or if he don't... Um, I'm going to suggest you need to go talk to somebody about that. Exactly. <laughs> like, why are we so entitled to someone? Like, they belong to themselves. It's not entitlement. It's all insecurity. That is true. We're all yeah. insecure about something and yeah. we're not working on those insecurities. Right. Yeah. We're um, and then social media. It doesn't help. It doesn't. Social media doesn't help because it's selling us this idea of what people, the couples on uh, the shade room 
tell us it should look like. Yeah, right? relationship goals. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Whatever the hell that means. You know, I would imagine it's probably different for everyone else. But it is the idea of a relationship that people want more than actual relationships. Because relationships are hard. Yeah, they're tough. They're hu- real. They're real. Human mm-hmm. beings, we're we're there's nothing easy about being a human no. being. There's nothing easy about interacting with another human being. Yeah. Right? Um, and if your goal is just to be up on social media to take a selfie with your man, then you need to maybe reevaluate your goals. Be by yourself. Get that in, in check for sure. You know what I'm saying? Like my goal is to buy property that doesn't need to necessarily make it to social media that we're doing. We're making moves that way. You know, we're legitimately building, building. Yes. you know, that's what th- those are relationship goals for me, you know? Um, but you can't, it's understandable. It's understandable. One of the things in our country that we have been able to do so successfully is PR. PR is one of the strongest tools that has come out of Amazing. all of human history because we're sold these ideas. Let me back up. It's a dream. It's not reality. The whole thing about a diamond ring was a PR concept. Mm. Isn't that brilliant? It is brilliant. It's brilliant to yeah. package the whole idea of a wedding, right? Not two people who love each other and they want to spend their lives together. No, 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 no. You need the diamond ring. You need the dress. You need this, that. It's a whole ass industry. It is. It's brilliant. It is. And what it does is that it shames people into thinking if you don't have those things, then something is off about your marriage, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't have those material things on that checklist, then you're not doing it right. You know what I'm saying? So we don't understand just the basics. And I think that if you can find a partner where you can have a conversation like that, like, what do you want? Like, what do you really want? And why do you want it? And why do you want it? Yeah. To me, that, that is like, you're winning. If you can just find a partner to talk to about real shit, right? Not the superficial stuff, but real stuff, you're winning. And I think that's what, you know, we really have to be with like-minded people. I think um, in a Christian sense, it's referred to as being evenly yoked. Yes. Um, I I think that's right. You know, I think that's right. I think it's needed. Absolutely. It, It is needed. And evenly yoked in that, I'm not intimidated by my alpha male and my alpha male isn't intimidated by his alpha female. I think we need to look at it as a, as a benefit. Mm -hmm. Like you actually have somebody that you can come home to Mm -hmm. that you can not only love on, but also talk business with that part. And also speak about, like you said, real shit Mm -hmm. and you're not judged. If anything, I'm helping you to heal, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I don't think we, we look at it in that aspect. Like, for a long time, dating was a, cha- a challenge for me mm-hmm. until I met Matthew. And I thought it was What funny. up, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, like, dang, this dude is already, like, he's all the way in Philly, but I can communicate with him. Like, yeah. I think our greatest strength is communicating. Mm-hmm. And it's like, before that, though, it was a challenge because I'm on the same shit you want. I want to build. Mm-hmm. And while I was attending school, I was dating this guy, and he got—he actually got mad at me because I told him I want to skip a class just to hang out. I'm like, I'm actually paying for this. I'm investing in this. Mm-hmm. I want to see it 
follow through. He needs I, to kick all the rocks. Exactly. <laughs> kick all I the was rocks. I like, yeah, we can't. <laughs> right. We can't. Because I love to learn mm-hmm. and I love to invest myself, my energy, my money, especially if I feel like it makes sense mm-hmm. and it's going to benefit me in the future. Mm-hmm. And to, to believe it or not, that was like one of the challenges I faced. I was mm-hmm. always too busy. Yeah, you know, I... My my challenges my challenges are what are my challenges? Um, I I think that first of all, um, in this day and age, I believe in monogamy, <laughs> and apparently that word is dying, is dying. <laughs> slowly I but surely. <laughs> really, yo, like it's just not what? even. It's not. It's a trip. But. And we're Southern women. So yeah. that's a whole other regional thing. You know what I mean? Like, and um, if you want to go the other route, I just feel like you got to have the money. And oh, to be doing all that yeah, other yeah, poly yeah. stuff? Yes. It's just not in my spirit. It's here's, not in my spirit. But here's my thing. I'm giving you 500% of me. So let's just l- look at this as a business transaction. I'm giving you all of me, all the percentages. And you telling me that my return on my investment is going to be 50% less than what I'm investing in you. That is legitimately how my brain thinks. That math does not add up. And I'm, I am me going to be sharing you with some, oh, oh hell no. Mm-mm. Now you can call that whatever you want to, but for me, that does not work. It just in my brain, it, I cannot calculate how I can literally give you all of me and you're giving me this small percentage of you. I, how is that fair? Um, and then also, too, it's just not something. I don't know if it's because I'm technically an only child, you know, so I'm a little selfish, perhaps. But the poly life isn't for me and that's fine. Um, but my my dating situation you know, I was in a long distance situation too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the distance part can be challenging. Um, But I will say the one thing that I enjoyed about it, and which is very similar to you and Matt, was this idea of building and growing and that we're making moves, right? Right. This idea like, oh, you got this going on today. You got this going on today. I'm doing this. We're doing, you know, it's like the calendars are syncing up and we're trying to figure out what we have going on each day. And I like functioning in that type of situation, you know, where it's a legitimate partnership. Um, And I keep using that word because, first of all, I think people think it has an LGBTQ connotation to it, Mm -hmm. which to me is kind of strange and weird. Like, I love the concept of a partner, you know, just say, oh, that's my man. Okay, I'm not in high school anymore. I don't mean, no, no, we're trying to build some shit over here. We're trying to nurture some flowers and plant and grow some seeds. You know, that's what I'm interested in. Break those cycles, you know, actually, because just growing up in the South, there's not too many of us that think the way that I think. Like, you really have to dig deep. Like, it's not exposed, if that makes sense. Yeah. And And what I want is... I want property. Mm -hmm. I want a legacy. Mm -hmm. I need entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. because I actually can build my own schedule. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's needed for my, my mindset, like my, my sanity. Mm -hmm. And 
Partnership, that's like my keyword that I've been using all year. Mm-hmm. Like even when it comes to me being an entrepreneurship and reaching out to other people about collaborations, like this needs to be a legit partnership mm-hmm. or I can't do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's um and, and I agree with you. And perhaps, you know, you asked the question earlier about what can we do about our relationships with men? And it's maybe perhaps it's this idea of rethinking partnership versus ownership because you brought that up earlier, you know, um, neither one of us own each other. This is an equal investment, you know, perhaps if we start speaking that way and thinking that way, then perhaps it could start to mend some of the generational problems that we've had. And I'll, I'll share with you, I'll I'll just, you know, keep it 100 for me, um, being an educated black woman and not just kind of educated, but like, are you smart? Um, it's a trip because I occupy this unique space of, um, having like this, this touch of glamour because, you know, I was an actress for a long time before I even went into, um, the Academy seriously. So, you know, there's no telling how I'm going to show up at a situation. I could either look like I'm on my way to a cover shoot or I could look like I just left the gym. You know, you know, it, it varies and people have a hard time placing me. Because I don't look like an academic, right? Whatever that may mean. Um, So when a man sees me, when he approaches me, he may think that a lot of people think I am in the industry and I do something. And that's how, that's the energy that they give me. And then once they start talking to me, it's like, oh, well, I don't know what to do with you. You know, I probably, it's, it's a very interesting I don't know. I don't know how to articulate, especially in L.A. You know, um, L.A. is about the industry and there's this kind of like superficial layer that exists. Um, And once you are something a little bit deeper than that superficial layer, people don't know what to do with that. Oh, I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious Um, because I can be on a rooftop you know, with a glass of Prosecco in my hand and you look at me and you just may automatically think I'm one thing until you start talking to me and then you're not necessarily interested in my depth. Mm. You're interested in the, this, the avatar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dang. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what you think is one of the solutions when it comes to um, the relationship between black women and black men? I think what I would like to say this, earlier early you said that um, men were taught to think the way they think. Mm-hmm. I think it's possibly now it's important to unlearn Absolutely. a lot of things that we were taught. Unlearn, redo, rethink, restructure. Um, and I think we really are in that space to do that. I think so too. Um, you know, even just freeing myself quite recently from unlocking some programming from just growing up, you know, in a very Southern Catholic environment, you know, and what all of those things put together with what that means and not even realizing how much that has impacted my way of thinking even, you know, and what I thought traditionally a man was supposed to do and what a woman was supposed to do. I was just telling Lauren earlier, like, in my brain, you know, I, I'm an attractive woman. So that must mean my goal in life is to get a rich man. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty, that's 
must be, you know, because that's kind of what you're taught in a weird way, you know. Um, If I'm not at the, you know, at the Laker game, I'm not living, you know, so I need to figure out a way to get at the Laker game, you know, sitting, you know, courtside, you know, so we have to undo a lot of this problematic programming. And again, social media does not do us justice in this. So it's going to be some real human interaction and some hard conversations between men and women. And it's not, I'm not talking about dudes sliding your DMs and shit like that. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. You know, I'm like deep, real human conversation, you know. Um, no texting. Face to face. Let's have, you know, let's talk. Yes, please. Let's I talk. Me too. And then on top of that, not only let's talk, but how about I don't get offended over one thing you may say and you don't get offended over one thing I may say. And we actually listen because the listening part. Both sides need to work on. Don't listen to um, what, is, what do they say? Don't listen to a rebuttal or for a rebuttal. Listen to understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, number one is unlearn. Mm-hmm. Number two is actually communicating. Mm-hmm. Number three is listening. We have to listen, and and I mean really listen, like you just said. Don't just be quiet because you're waiting for them to stop talking. (laughs) So you can then go ahead and say, but you're not hearing me, though. Well, you're not hearing me. Neither one of y'all hearing each other. Right. You know, so um, we have to do the hard work of spending time with each other and really listening. Yeah. Um, And and I think that um, and not having preconceived notions of how things are supposed to be. That messes us up as human beings. Right what something is supposed to look like or no, I, I don't believe, I don't believe in that stuff at all. I don't either. I, it's just life. First of all, never because works out that way. It varies though. It varies. It depends on the situation. It, it depends on the environment. Mm-hmm. It uh, depends on the individuals mm-hmm. that's involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you can't just eliminate those facts and try to do what's supposed to be done. Mm-hmm. Girl, you know how much shit I was supposed to have done by now? What? <laughs> First of all, I'm not even supposed to be a baby mama. I'm about you. A baby mama. <laughs> not married. Girl, my, my southern grandmother. Girl, you ain't even got to tell me. Girl. Upset. Girl, I already know, honey. No. That was know. unacceptable. But I had to make up. Find other ways to make her proud. So. Yeah, but you know, I'm in a I'm in a weird situation because I don't have kids yet, and I really want you know because you use the word legacy, and I'm like, damn, I put in all this hard work. Like, who am I leaving to? You know, my dog is 13; he's not gonna be around much longer. <laughs> you know, I love my baby, but you know, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Um, and it's so it, the the first things that I started to think about, it wasn't about money or anything like that. It was like I would go home and unmarried woman with a child in my community and that's just not the norm in my community and that's um that going home to new orleans and i don't know why this is just the whole concept i had in my brain like oh my god i will go home unmarried with this child you know in my community like what would people think of me and um that was literally the thing that was keeping me up at like 3 a.m really oh seriously um and again, because when we use this term black, blackness doesn't look like one thing, mm-hmm. right? 
I am from a community where, you know, you have mothers and fathers. That's what you grew up with. You know, you have professional mothers and fathers who sent all of our little spoiled selves to Catholic private school, right? So this is the community in which I grew up with. So I only really know of mothers and fathers in a household. So for me, you know, to come in quite possibly without that, and I'm supposed to be like, you know, one of the, um, the uh, I don't even know what, what, what the word is. It, it's, just, it's just the fear. It was just the anxiety of it all, you know, not having the things I'm supposed to have. Right. You know, um, and the only reason why I'm saying that is because I know for a fact that in a particular situation that I'm thinking of, that we were thinking about having a child before the marriage conversation, Mm -hmm. which is so crazy for me in my brain. I'm like, wait, we're not even talking about marriage and we're talking about having a baby. I'm like, oh, my God. Um, That's just not how it. it, But again, it can be scary. However, to undo these things about what we're supposed to be doing, because depending on your foundationing, my foundationing is in I'm a very faith um, focused person. Mm -hmm. And I do have this idea of not just something greater than me. You know, I have this idea of ancestral love and protection, you know, something larger than me. Um, there's, there is to some degree, some level of a design to it. You know, I I don't, I'm not one of those people who think that God sits around and knows every single part of my life and that I can just not get up and go to work because, oh, God got me. I I already know I'm good. I'm not one of those people. No, I believe in works, you know, but my point is if my faith has gotten me here and if it were the situation to where I were a baby mama. I'm going to be the bomb ass baby mama, <laughs> you best. know, you know, the bestest, bestest ever yes. because I have to trust the process and to mm-hmm. let go of what was supposed to be. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm championing that. I'm saying that I'm forcing myself to think very differently yeah. than I have before. Yes. And that's scary for me. It is scary. It's very scary. I'm a traditional person. Yeah. From like being in that situation. It took a lot out of me to, to me, that was a dark space. Mm. Because, um, like, for the whole three months after the baby was born, mm-hmm. I'm still trying to figure out, like, bro, what are we going to do? Mm. Because we have this whole human. Mm. And I don't want to pull up at my granny's house and she's like, okay, what's going on? Mm. So I had to deal with that. Ooh. And it was a very dark space for mm. me. Like, my pregnancy was very dark. Oh, my goodness. Like, very dark. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know, like, once I got into the motion of it and it became like an everyday thing to me, mm-hmm. it was like, okay, well, just make sure that you be the best co-parent mm-hmm. as much as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, I still thrive off of showing my son love. Mm-hmm. And especially since we're not together, we got to be the best of friends because mm-hmm. he needs to know that you can still coexist with someone that you solely disagree with on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just be an adult yeah. <laughs> and have real conversations yeah. and communicate. Like, it's still possible. Mm-hmm. And if someone want to label me as a baby mom, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But guess what? I have a great co-parenting relationship with the father of my mm-hmm. son. I can care less. Mm-hmm. That's all that matters. That's great and so scary. Oh it's God. scary as Like, shit. my heart just sank. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, <laughs> woo. 
But Ooh. those, this is the moment where you implement being an adult mm-hmm. and really communicate. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is your test. Mm. And do you want to be defeated and become the norm of what we see with our peers, the back and forth on social media, mm-hmm. the disrespect? Right, right. No, I don't want that. I want all good love. Let me ask you a question. How much do you think that the uh, negative stereotyping about black a black woman being a baby mama plays into that? Like the social pressure, not just the familial pressure, but like the social pressure. I would have to say 100%. I still deal with it. Mm-hmm. You know, but I call myself a baby mama before somebody else can do it. So mm-hmm. I hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. So it's still like, it's still like in the back of my mind, like, damn, man, Mm. Of course, I wanted a family. Of, of course. course, I want to build. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it makes me even more irritated sometimes because I feel like the father of my son is on the same shit that I'm on. And I'm like, why we just couldn't work right, it out? Right, right, But it just didn't work out. Mm-hmm. But I still deal with it. Yeah. I think I'm going to deal with it for a long time. But yeah. Like you said, like there's a balance. Like you either keep it moving or you dwell in it. So I have a balance, mm-hmm. and I just try my best to be the the best co-parent. But the beauty there, though, is you're totally honest with yourself about how all those things make you feel. Mm-hmm. I think when we're in denial about things like that, can get us into trouble too. Absolutely. You know what I mean? You know, because we can be some denying ass people, you know, like we can live in denial. (laughs) Yeah. For Um, sure. And actually kind of like keep it moving to a degree is a level of denial, you know, because you don't want to deal with the shit back there. You want to keep it moving. You got to deal with it. You got to deal with it. You know, um, you've got to deal with it. And, you know, I'm keeping it 100 to myself, you know, um, I I fall in a lot of different social traps too. A lot of social traps. You know, I, I'm a human being. Mm-hmm. You know, like I am supposed to be this smart, put together woman, but yet I'm also having a conversation about possibly having a child and I'm not married. Right. How does that make me not smart though? But I feel like society has told us somehow that when you do make that decision, you're not smart. Um, and I think for me, because of my ego, because I am an academic, yeah. <laughs> and we have egos when it comes to that intellectual thing. And for me, that has tripped me up in my brain. You know, like, okay, wait a minute. How do I deal with this? How do I, how do I make it okay with myself? Right. You know. Um, but again, it's those social pressures that it's supposed to look one way. Yes. Right. Yes. And then, how do we combat that? Again, I think that's when we go back to our tribes and our villages, you know, to make us understand that, no, this is okay. This is a safe space. You good. You're still valuable. Very valuable. Yeah. Even more so. You brought this beautiful human being into the world, you know, Um, your legacy. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, So, I mean, you know, it's, it's definitely something that I think about. Especially being at the age, you know, where I definitely hear that clock ticking. It's not even a clock. It's not even ticking at this point. It's more like bombs being set off every five seconds. Boom, boom, boom. You getting old, bitch. You getting old. You getting old. Like, <laughs> make a move. What you gonna do? You fabulous, but you getting old. You fabulous, but you getting old. So it's like, okay, you know what I mean. And I'm just trying to figure it all out. But then again, the faith part of me is like. You good though. You yeah. good though, Queen. You good. Yeah. You know. So, whew, 
being a woman, especially being a black woman, is, is difficult. It is difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the fact that you said we can no longer be in, uh, in denial. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and address those issues. And self-care is everything. Everything. It's everything. She is getting a massage. Oh, yeah. Nice. I need to read a book. I mm-hmm. need to be alone. I love being alone. Me too. Bye. <laughs> and I, you know, it's so funny because... I am seen as this social butterfly, and I'm the opposite of that. Yes, me too. I am the complete opposite. But first of all, first of all, I'm usually always working, which I love. Um, but you know, when you start spending time with yourself and digging down to your authentic self, you just don't need all the. You save a lot of money too, girl. You know how expensive it is yeah, to, socialize. to live your best life on Instagram in LA. <laughs> Do you understand? Like that's a whole other podcast conversation. Oh my lord, living your life for the gram, child. Don't. <laughs> black women, please take care of, you, of yourself and please take a break. Um, read a book, get a journal, um, exercise. Exercise. Black men, please don't be intimidated. We are on the same team. Same team, absolutely. And vice versa, because women can be intimidated yes. by, by men too. And I just want to say that the next episode of NHTV, we are celebrating uh, women behind the scenes in the industry. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, so very excited about that. And then we're also going to ask a lot of self-care questions too. It's going to be um, not just, you know, just entrepreneurial, professional-based questions, but a lot of, you know, what do you do in, in an industry that's just so about... Um, making things look good. Where's the real stuff? You know what I mean. So I'm very, I'm very excited to have this conversation with amazing, mostly women, mostly uh, women of color, mostly Black women, um, so people can have an idea of the human being behind these amazing people. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and we decided to what the next um, season of NHTV is about, and we are very excited about that. I'm excited about that because mm-hmm. I'm one of those people that's mm-hmm. behind the scenes, styling. Put on productions mm-hmm. and love it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But Nola, thank you so much. Thank you for, for the visit. Absolutely. Amazing. This was amazing. And now we're going to um, play Create Your Own Lane. I'm excited about this. I'm excited. You, you're going to be the first up. person. You're going to be the really? first person. We had we had one Create Your Own Lane interview that we have to redo. And then we came back to the table and we said, okay, how can we make this segment fun? So we put a lot of thought into it. So we're going to have 90 minutes of answering five questions and it's going to be a lot of fun. Okay. Well, let's go. <laughs> let's um, go. <laughs> would you like to tell people how they can follow you? Absolutely. Thank you so much. So Nola Haynes TV on YouTube, please, 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 please subscribe because that is how um, my team and I eat with your subscriptions okay. and f- okay. follow us on um, Nola Haynes uh, on Instagram and also Nola Haynes on Facebook. Also Nola Haynes on Twitter and um and I'm really excited because my social media strategist, Lauren, is here hey. today. Our team is growing. So NHTV social media is about to be popping, y'all. It's about to be popping, y'all. Hey. So I'm excited. I'm excited. Growth, baby. Growth. Yes, growth. Mm-hmm. Legacies. Legacies. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to the Bring More Productions podcast. We are out. Peace. Peace.